The CLNS Media Network is powered by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Look at Taylor smiling. Look at this guy. So happy. Look at this guy. <laughs> I remember you. It was a you. fun game. You're the guy I met <laughs> at the beginning of the season. No tirades for me today, thanks. Maybe maybe one, maybe one, but it'll be super cool. I've never seen you as mad as you were last game. Uh, you know, and I was like, I don't, I don't know that I like this Taylor. I don't, is that, you know, I don't like, I like this he's guy. A, he's a jerk. I don't like that guy. No, it's just, it's just, you know, I, I, but, um, I mean, crazy different vibes. Taylor sped home. Uh, he was at Gillette stadium covering the game here, uh, where the Patriots pulled off a shocker, uh, 29, 25, uh, win over the Buffalo bills. Uh, and I gotta say, man, you know, like it, there was a, you know, you look for these moral victory builds off of different things that people do, you know, uh, you know, throughout, you know, whatever, uh, you know, these these losses that they've had, couple of good drives, blah, blah, blah. But it just none of it amounted to anything that you could sink your teeth into and be like, OK, this is different. This is turning a corner. It's a different sort of team. Um, you know, this was completely different team. Uh, than what they uh, than than what we've seen at any point during the year, any mm -hmm. point. Yeah, um, I would say offensively, like I think in the first week of the season, you started getting a glimpse of this being a good offense because you had yeah, you had the couple plays, good defensive performances, right? But they lost guys, and right. that was tougher to yeah. withhold. Certainly had that early, but offensively, yeah. Yeah, offensively, this was just – this was something that I don't think we'd really seen. And it, it, it built off of last week. So you saw a lot more quick passes, uh, more misdirection and motion in the run game, which I know like in the middle of the season, the run game got really predictable and really basic. So – and you started to see like the Cowboys were just like blitzing and they were just flying to the ball. And it felt like there's nothing to really hold these guys back. And the run game kind of petered out in the second half. But I thought the first half you really saw them leaning on it with success. And then like you had – Demario Douglas, obviously, uh, Kendrick Bourne, Pharaoh Brown making plays after the catch. And I think that's what this offense has been missing. It felt like it was just everything. Like Mac Jones had to be perfect every single week. And then against the Saints and the Cowboys, it felt like it got to the point where he just started to mentally break and feel like he just had to do everything on his own. But now we're finally starting to see. Last week you saw with Kendrick Bourne, everything he was doing after the catch. Now you add DeMario into that mix. And then it's like you sprinkle in a little bit of Stevenson, a little bit of Farrell Brown. It's a, That's when the offense really gets going. And it doesn't feel like everything is just like a, a fight and they have to struggle for each and every yard. It's just, no, I can throw my little RPO screen to DeMario Douglas and actually get, you know, nine yards out of it or more. So, you know, I, I, I was just, I was really impressed. I thought that, you know, there were some, they still got themselves in third and long a few times. There were a couple of situations in the red zone where they got stopped in third down. And you're like, uh, you know, I maybe don't love the play call or, you know, what have you. But, I mean, considering what we've gotten recently and until I get to the film, I'm going to mostly keep it positive here because I really don't think there was a whole lot to critique from this performance. There's a turnover from Kendrick Bourne. 
Um, I think that Mac acknowledged there were a couple of times where he dropped his eyes to the rush. I think his sack was an example of that. Where yep. It was yep. pretty good protection, but David Andrews got walked back into him, and you saw he kind of panicked. And he he immediately turtled. He knew he was taking it yeah. there, and you're yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, yep. but, um, I mean, for the most part, man, like considering what we've seen, that was a huge step forward again, and it didn't come out of nowhere. Like they started making tweaks last week. They built on it. Bill, uh, uh, Max said after the game that Bill O'Brien was a huge part of why they took that step. So, Man, I'm I'm happy. They finally put a game-winning drive together. Like, let's go. That was awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, and again, they 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 almost like puked themselves, you know, puked all over themselves in a way that you you know would have been like, well, it's this is what losers do, you know. And the Patriots, you know, if you'd followed the Patriots, as obviously almost everybody in this chat and most people who you know watch the team, uh, you know, religiously and are kind of living through this down period here, um, did over the course of twenty years. There were so many games where you just, uh, well, eventually the other team's just going to muck it and we're just going to go do our thing and drive down the field and score and win. And that's going to be that. And, you know, they did it and they fumbled and, uh, you know, and, and Kendrick Bourne gave it back and the Bills score and they take a lead and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then they did it. 75 yard drive, Mac Jones, boom, 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 boom. I mean, right out of the gate. And again, from the, if you're looking at it from the Bills side of things, I, just letting 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 Stevenson leak out for that thirty something yard gain on that first play was ridiculous there, you know. And his nice little play call and to get him out there, but yeah, you got something to say. I was I will say they got very lucky because David Andrews was way down way downfield and yeah. did make a block. And I, like when you look back, you're like, oh, okay. But to be fair, the Bills got a couple. I thought calls. for sure I that was coming back. Calls, I so. thought, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was shot. So I was stunned with that call. Uh, but you know, all of a sudden you're cooking and then, you know, I mean, you know, they, you know, they get, they get all the way down there and they, and they pull it off. Uh, you know, it really was amazing uh, to, to, to see it. And, you know, you get that kind of, well, has Mac done it? Has Mac, you know, led game winning drives and this and that. Well, he's got his little feather in his cap now because he can say mm-hmm. that he did that. Um, so, you know, it, it's a, it's a really narrow, you know, I don't want to overreact to either negative or positive, but um, it's a narrative shifting performance in terms yeah. of what had been discussed, what was being discussed about this team. Not only the not only the game itself, but the news that came out before the game about Bill Belichick and a contract extension uh, really changes your thinking in terms of what you think that this team is doing or is trying to do uh, going forward. So it's, I mean, one week later, the conversation around this team is going to be completely different. There's going to be a lot of talk, Taylor, like, well, maybe Mac isn't, doesn't have, you know, like doesn't have to go, you know, like, or maybe Bill doesn't have to go. I sure. Fine. I, I don't, I think, I think two weeks from now we could be right back there again. So there's yeah, nothing is yeah. guaranteed, but right. it changes things because I think people were toast. I think people had one and seven in their heads and sell, sell, sell. Not only does it change the a lot, it changes <laughs> the short term. No, but it changes the short term. Yeah. I mean, almost all week long, a lot of the coverage is who do you trade? How much is this? Is this guy? Would you even bother? I mean, if you can get at least a fourth for him, that's great. Get deal this guy, deal this guy, deal this guy. You know, you beat the Bills here. Yeah, I think everyone has had one and seven in their minds. If all of a sudden you're three and four, it changes the narrative. And I'm not going to say you're going to necessarily beat Miami, but I did think that this team, um, that this one had a shot. Uh, like yeah. this game, the Bills felt a little bit ripe. Did they not? Yeah, a little bit. And to be fair, 
the Bills are missing a lot of great defenders. They didn't have Tredavious White, Matt Milano, Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones, who's a very underrated player. Like, this was not a Bills defense at full strength, and let's just call it what it is. Like, that is the honest-to-God truth. But at the same time, this is the Patriots offense that also struggled against the Raiders, that, like, has not been able to really put together 60 minutes of competent football, or really even, like, a whole half of competent football. We saw last week, the second half, they had, like, a nice little burst, and they kind of skidded again, then they started to get back on the road. And I felt like this was much more consistent, and they didn't really shoot themselves in the foot quite as often. There were still some times where you saw, like, you know, the Patriots offense that we've seen creep up, but it wasn't nearly as bad. And in terms of the discourse around, like, Belichick and Mac. Starting with Mac, I think I tweeted literally yesterday that if you have like a top five pick and Caleb Williams and Drake Macy are off the board, I think you go for like whoever's the best available. You, Marvin Marvin Harrison Harrison and you don't even think about it. Yeah. Yeah. If he's gone, you get a tackle. Like I was thinking, I don't think you need to move on from Mac unless he's completely broken. Like literally brain well, is like out of, outside of his body. Yeah. There's two reasons too. One is that you get a franchise type of quarterback like Williams or May, if you believe that they truly are that, and I'm not necessarily mm-hmm. sold that they are, but let's say that they mm-hmm. are, or you believe that they are, you absolutely take that swing. Uh, you're not going to settle for mediocre. If you think great is sitting there available for you. Um, but you're definitely not going to – I had this conversation with a few friends uh, as well, you know, off to the side. Let's pretend, you know, exactly what you just said. May, Williams, and Harrison are off the board. What do you do? Do you go reaching for that third – for that third – that next best quarterback? Do you trade mm-hmm. back down? Do you just fill your team and just do your thing and just try to get better – I don't know what they're going to do. I'm not going to say one game is going to change all that thinking. But, again, seeing them capable of – this looked yes. – the reason it changes things is because it looked hopeless. And this gives you some modicum of hope that it isn't as hopeless as you thought. And I think it starts with I, – I think it starts with a little bit of a philosophical shift like – you want to see that Bill can change or you want to see that they can change and do things mm-hmm. differently. Um, I think you saw a little bit of it today. I think you saw a greater emphasis on Demario Douglas, not just coming in for a snap or two, but uh, but being a consistent part of the offense. That's a bit of an acquiescence there by Bill and saying like, all right, I'm done shoving part. And part of it is also Juju is out. So you're forced into right. a different situation, yeah. but it is all right. I'm done, done shoving Parker down everybody's throat here. Born and Born and Demario are the guys who I think are the ones who are going to do the most for me, and they ran the most routes today, and they got the mm-hmm. most targets today, and that makes the most sense. And you're going to play through some of your tight ends because you know that that is an area of they're not elite, but it is an area of strength on this team. You play through mm-hmm. your tight ends here, and I think you have to abandon some of this other stuff that simply just doesn't work for you. You want to get that running game going, and as you said, they were able to early. A little bit, not as much, but Stevenson had a good game out of the backfield. I think you kind of saw the roles being defined a little bit more. As, uh, uh, Zeke got a little bit more early down work than he had been getting, but uh, Stevenson was in there in passing situations and passing downs, and they utilized him in that game a little bit more. And it was also the first time you finally had that what seemed to be the obvious solution that we were talking about at the beginning of the year. In the absence of a true right tackle, why would you not just simply kick on Wenu back outside and let him play there? It makes sense, but they stubbornly kept – jamming him into a guard spot where there was, while not outstanding play, an area of some depth on the team where they at least had bodies there. You get Strange back here, and I think 
because Strange returned, you felt a little better about being able to move Onwenu out because you weren't going to go with Mafi and Sao as your two guards with Onwenu in the right tackle when Strange was out. So you felt a little bit better up the middle there, and I think that's what they did there. You also saw uh, Mafi get passed on the depth chart, so they're making another change there, right? I don't know how the mm-hmm. snaps went out through the whole game, but the starting line, I believe, was uh, was a City got in there over Mafi, correct? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so, Mafi's had a tough few weeks. Yeah, he's had a tough few weeks, and that was after Mafi had kind of, sort of outplayed uh, a slightly hobbled Strange, and actually sent him to the bench during games where he was active. They decided they had to sit him back down and get him right. He comes back here. How many times did we hear Cole Strange's name today? None. Like None. I, that's the thing. I was. And I that's was a really, good thing. I was starting to get annoyed because people kept saying that Mafi was better than him. And I'm like, first of all, that's crazy. Well, we don't, we don't know, have a big enough sample size. Exactly. The sample size is way too small. And additionally, and you're talking about Cole Strange, right? He played two games before today. The first, I almost flipped you off there. The first game was against the Dolphins where he, he missed on a uh, stunt and blitz pickups. Where it's like, yeah, he hasn't played football in almost in what, like six months, which, you know, is understandable. The next time he's out there, he gets, you know, pushed around by Quinn and Williams, which is like, it's not a good indicator of how good or bad someone is if they get beat by an all pro defensive tackle. But when you see the things between that, it's like, he still looks good. Most of the time he's passing off things pretty well. Like yeah. the second Jets game, he was fine in that department. He wasn't really losing one-on-one against the Dolphins. So, it, and he was again on a bum knee, which is, he didn't get benched. It was because his knee was so bad. Well, they were like, we got to keep you healthy. We got to put you. It's the knee, but also, I mean, he's not, he doesn't, he's not a very like strong, lower body guy anyway so when you mm. add the knee to it he was really yeah. on, on he's really getting kind of shoved exactly. around yeah yeah that was really tough and like Mafi had a couple strong games where i was even saying like yeah if Mafi keeps playing well and it's starting caliber uh, starting caliber and i was like all right maybe you look at cole strange elsewhere you try to move some pieces around just to maximize what you've got but yeah cole strange opened some big running lanes today you didn't hear his name I was really, really happy for him because you see in the locker room, man, like he he's fighting his way back. He's a really nice guy. And I know fans don't really care if you're nice or not. It's all about how you produce. But you saw today he produces. He's working hard behind the scenes. He's doing what he's got to do to put himself back on the field. He finally got back out there. And then obviously Mike and Wenu, finally a right tackle who's actually a starting caliber player. Uh, City so was solid at guard. I haven't seen the all 22, of course, but. That'll be more helpful to see exactly how he was snap to snap. But finding stability in that offensive line, I guess this isn't technically stability because we don't know what's going to happen after this. Uh, But it was the best combination that we've seen so far. And I think Mac Jones clearly showed that he had more confidence behind that line. Granted, a lot of quick passes in this game. And again, I think when you look around the league, most of the best quarterbacks are getting the ball out in under two and a half seconds. So I don't even have a problem with the quick game, except for except for when it gets too predictable. And then you got Teron Johnson jumping a play and almost picking the ball off. Like, I think they definitely need more double moves. But yeah, I I, I did like the approach. But just to show how bad the offensive line had been, Mac was actually getting the ball out throughout the course of this season at a decent clip one that you would expect he wouldn't have taken as many sacks or faced as much pressure he was facing he was still facing an insane amount of pressure despite the fact that the patriots were one of the the the, the lowest blitzed yeah. teams so basically teams are sending four guys and just in his face 
instantly. He's still getting rid of it in 2.46 seconds on the average or whatever it is. And he's still doing it under pressure. Normally you get the ball out that quick. You're not pressured nearly as much. So he's getting it out quick while being pressured. And I think part of it is also no respect for the downfield capabilities of anybody. And you can play everybody up close. And there's just not really much room for anywhere for Mac to go with the ball a lot of times. And that's what's happened. So even just a teeny bit of time, makes a huge amount of difference because you can at least execute that quick strike game plan a little bit better where you can get through your reads or get it to your guy and kind of get the ball moving a little. And they did that. Um, you know what? I think that, that, that obviously uh, helped them a ton. I'm not going to say Taylor that, you know, I, not everybody saw this coming. You had to be pretty bullish on this team to see this coming. Right. Yeah, man. I was pretty down to be honest. Like, it's it's after like the two big blowout losses. That's where I was like, okay, something is very wrong. This is not normal. And I think that's pretty fair. I, yeah. I always appreciate the fan who is like, I'm with this team. I believe in them through thick and thin. But you were seeing a lot of cracks in Bill Belichick's armor. And to be very honest, I think if you take a very close look at this game, you'll still see there were a ton of missed opportunities by the Bills where they could have made this a much tougher game on the Patriots offense. There were times where the Patriots made some mistakes that could have been much worse than they actually were. Like, I don't want to paint the picture either of this being like the game where, oh my God, like they're a totally different team. They made huge strides. That's big. They need to keep building on it so that they don't start slipping back or so that the things that went wrong in this game, like tackling, oh my goodness, those things don't start to snowball and become worse. And then you're back to where you started. Uh, but yeah, I mean, after that really tough stretch, obviously a much needed win, especially you lose to a Raiders team to your former offensive coordinator and two of your former backups. Like that's pretty rough. Um, and then to snap your losing streak against Josh Allen. Thank you, evil Josh Allen, for showing up today. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how you walked into this confidently and sincerely saying the Patriots are going to win. If you did, kudos. Like hats off to you. That's fantastic. But I mean, yeah, this was a like like let's say you were like a. Super optimistic guy. Okay. Like this okay. guy. Honestly, if I had seen you tweet that, I might have felt differently. Because if you're I, feeling optimistic. <laughs> I So, yeah, you got to be like a super optimistic guy, right? <laughs> I mean, I thought I was super optimistic. So, either the perception of me has been <laughs> wrong or I just don't know myself very well. I, but and hey, I'll man. tell you this. I couched it. I couched it uh, in my in – my, uh, I don't know what it was. I just felt like it was going to be a more professional game. I felt like they were going to have a good game plan against Allen, and I think that they did. Um, and, you know, that was me being conservative. I actually, like, I almost I almost threw down some big bucks straight up on the money line because I actually thought that a win was well within their range, and I thought they were going to play a really competitive game here. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel. America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. 
Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. That's one way to get involved with stuff. If you want to uh, do something that might be, uh, you know, a little smarter than listening to me, uh, go to Odds R. It's not a sports book, but it helps you be a uh, smarter, better. You go to oddsr.com slash press download the app. Um, AI and machine learning helps kind of really break down the analytics of every single thing that's going on with every game every week and just lets you make smarter bets. Uh, green means go. Yellow means eh, pump the brakes. It's your call. Red, don't do it. Um, but again, it's just going to give you the type of information you need uh, to be able to bet smarter. So once again, oddsr.com slash press pass. Go to oddsr.com press pass for a 30-day free trial. Um, now, Patriots, again, haven't really been doing much at home. We know that. Um, that's, uh, you know, first win since last January at home. Uh, 29 points. First since, tw- most since 2022. So, Points, 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 points. And these aren't fake points. These aren't defensive points. These aren't special teams points. The offense put 29 points on the board today against the Bills. Um, so what's sustainable? What's What can be repeated here? Like, and, and again, I, I do think the personnel switches, you know, and moving to this, you know, the, the receivers that can do more with the ball in their hands after the catch, like Douglas and Bourne, was such a no-brainer. I'm just surprised. I mean, the, the best Patriots offenses were always predicated on that, on yak, on get it in playmakers' hands and let them do stuff, get it out quick. Um, and so not leaning on these guys a little bit earlier. And who knows behind the scenes? There's a lot to learn. It's very, very complicated. A sixth-round rookie coming in, you're asking a lot. But in this particular case and in this season, Taylor, it was just so clear that his level of play, you know, just, just talking about Pop Douglas, was so clearly above – uh, a lot of the other people are playing just in terms of what he can do for an offense that just lacked any explosive playmakers. Um, you know, I, I, I'm surprised they didn't lean on him a little bit earlier. And I go back to that game where he got benched. I, I, I don't understand the thinking about really anything involving not making him a primary part uh, of your offensive game plan because, you know, again, the stats would be a little better too. They wiped out that uh, catch near the goal line because they got the PI that put it even closer than that. So, I mean, he was really a factor today. Every time the ball's in his hands, he's doing something. Yeah, and I mean, today was another example of why he hasn't been the top slot receiver. On the third down where Mac, like the ball slipped out of his hands and he looked pissed, Nick Cattles actually did a great job pointing out that DeMario ran the wrong route. He looked yeah. like he ran a whip or something and he was supposed to sit. And to Mac side, tried to, to sit. pump. Yeah. Exactly. And instead of throwing into traffic, Mac tried to pump it and the ball slipped out of his hand, which one I loved. I asked Mac about this, about like he said he wanted to get back to being Mac and show emotion and have fun. They had fun and he let DeMario hear it after that. Like he looked pissed in a way that you haven't seen from Mac in a while. I love that. But getting back to Pop. You still see why. He still makes mistakes. But at the same time, Juju's out there making mistakes too. They all are. That's the point. Exactly. So it's like it's hard to justify when it's a rookie. Sure, making rookie mistakes. But like Juju's making rookie mistakes and Kendrick Bourne isn't running his routes consistently the right way. So, you know, how much can you really take away or how much can you put on Demario Douglas when he's also the only person who's consistently making the first guy miss, giving you juice downfield? And that's another thing. I love that it wasn't just Demario Douglas being a gadget guy. Like, yeah, he got the jet. He got the um, jet sweep. 
He got the bubble screens, but he also had the catch down the seam. He also had the crossing route where Teron Johnson, who's one of the best slot corners in the NFL, pulled on his jersey. I think he drew three flags today because he's a really tough guy to get uh, under control at the top of the route because he's great at using his head. He's so twitchy. And then he's quick and fast. So if you aren't in the right position or he catches you off guard, you see what happens. Guys try to yank him and slow him down. So, I mean, I'm with you. It's gotten to the point where, especially after today, there's no justification for, I think, putting him, taking him off the field. I know they're still going to put Juju out there and it's going to drive me freaking nuts. But at the same, like, it's, there's got to be a rotation. I don't know. I, I'm trying to talk myself into it already to, like, calm myself down because I will not be I will not be happy about that. But I think DeMario definitely proved that, like, you need to make him a big part of the game plan. Like, don't just use him as a distraction. Don't just use him as a bubble guy. He can help you in a lot of right. different ways. Yes. Yeah. Use him as, 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 as one of the few uh, after-the-catch weapons that you have or guys who can separate and get open, you know? Yeah. Um, no question about it. Super chat here. Thank you for that, for the contribution. Anybody who wants to leave a donation here, we do. Thank you. The uh, the uh, the anything that you send us goes to the hosts, uh, not to the uh, evil overlords who uh, own the company. Uh, they get none of it. Nothing. Not a penny. Just the hosts. So thank you. Um, no, we don't need to use Thornton more. And why? Because Thornton is useless right now. Um, it would be great. I'm sorry. It would be great if he could do more. I think he ran three routes today. Um, yeah, I, he's, I, I, that's got to tell you something. You have as much of an opening as you have on this team to be able to jump ahead of people and make your mark. And you are as fast as you are uh, and you can't get on the field. That's got to tell you something. Um, and that's yeah. not a great thing that it's telling you. Um, and it and, goes all the way back to training camp. Like he couldn't get on the field back then with the starters either. And Bill Belichick seemed to get mad at us for reporting on the fact that he was catching passes from Trace McSorley and Bailey Zappi. It's like, well, he's your second round pick. You're the one who's not putting him with the starter. And Bill O'Brien clearly, I, I just don't think he has a lot of trust in Thornton right now. Zero. And maybe that's and maybe that's what he's putting in behind the scenes. Like, I don't know. I'm not trying to speculate on why exactly because I'm not trying to talk out of my butt. But at the same time, if you're, like you said, if you're not getting these opportunities, and I understand that X is a different thing. Like, that is clearly just Devontae Parker and Jalen Rager territory where no one else really plays that position. So then it's okay. You have to be here in the slot or you have to be the Z. Kendrick Bourne is the Z. Juju and Demario are the slot. But you're at least hoping that Taekwon can mix in for at least some packages and provide that vertical stretch. And for whatever reason, they're not using him in that capacity. I think they tried to give him some underneath pass. Um, it didn't work because he's not really a shifty guy. Like he's got speed, but he's not like, oh, I'll make you miss in a phone booth. He's more, he's pretty quick at the top of routes and he's got like the speed when you give him a runway. So yeah, it's been disappointing. Gesicki though. I like that one because you finally saw people keep being like, why did we sign Gesicki? What does he bring you? Which I understand to a degree, but you see on the game winning drive that like, that's what he gives you. He's a massive red zone target. I think there's also times where Maybe Matt could exploit him more in like back shoulders or times where he's up against a slot corner. I'd also like, like to oh, see him put on this guy. I just mm. want to see him mm. run because he can, he's fast. I want to see him uh, get behind people as well. I'd like to mm. see him run some seams and other different things there, uh, getting on linebackers and just being able to outrun them uh, as well. You know, I, I think Gusecki could be utilized a little bit more than he is. Um, 
I don't know why everyone hates his gritty. I don't think it's the worst gritty I've ever seen. It's cute. It's cute. It's like I think I saw I saw somebody tweeted when he first did it. They were like, "That's not the gritty. That's the skedaddle." And I was like, "Yes, that is the perfect name for whatever that is." I'm gonna tell him that next time in the locker room. Like, you ever thought about calling this the we uh, all skiddly dink, skiddly do, or whatever the hell? Because that it's 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 fun, but it's it's not exactly a gritty. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, it's not nearly as bad as you say, but um, you know, it's just interesting that it, um, you know, you use those guys, and I think that those are the, you know, that's what's been working. I like to see, as you said, kind of moving towards, um, you know, utilizing guys like Douglas, and even you know, getting Gasecki involved here, and and uh, and obviously Bourne the last couple of games here has clearly been the guy. And Pharaoh Brown, huh? And Pharaoh Brown. Pharaoh yeah. freaking Brown, man. Every time the ball comes his way, he's breaking tackles. Like, And I, I tweeted, like, because he's like, his whole thing is blocking. And I tweeted once, and, like, he blocks like he's trying to get the other guy to throw a punch. Like, he's always right at the edge of the whistle where, like, he'll, like, give you that shove at the end or, like, he'll extend his arm in the way that just pisses people off. And he really likes getting under people's skin. But then you see as a receiver, it translates because he's a massive guy. He's not easy to tackle. I don't particularly think defensive backs want to tackle him. And he's got good hands. Uh, he's obviously, you know, I'm not saying you need to start giving the guy five targets a game. But, man, it's also hard to ignore that, like, he's gotten you some good plays underneath and downfield. Yep. So, I don't know. Like, maybe I would like to see Farrell Brown get, like, two or three targets a game see what he can do. I don't know. But he's, uh, he's It's be better than I thought. Uh, we do have to focus a little bit more attention on Mac. Um, mm. so it's all the, the discussion around Mac for the last year and a half has been how much is him and how much is what's being done to him. Right. You know, mm. and that would be the offensive coordinators last year, um, lack of, you know, uh, receiving weapons or offense or, uh, you know, uh, you know, really shaky offensive line play. Um, you know, that's been inconsistent, if not downright bad at times. Uh, and then, even this year, um, whatever was going on, whatever the type of offense they were trying to run uh, from Bill O'Brien, whether that suited his strengths or what this team did. I'm not going to say after, you know, finally after, you know, six games, seven games, they figured it out. But again, some of this stuff seems basic. Like what worked for him his rookie year seems to be the thing that would work for him most generally. And that's, as you said, the quick passing game and, uh, and try to get some yak which is why, again, the the sh shifting to what they did today, the get it out quick and get it into the hands of guys like Bourne and Douglas, seems like what they should have been doing the whole time, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. So, I mean, and credit to O'Brien for doing it. I'm just surprised that this wasn't what they do because I don't know how you could have looked at this team and thought that they might be successful any other way offensively. Yeah, I thought the lack of underneath targets to Kendrick Bourne was definitely strange because strange. that was – they kept trying to get him the ball down the field. And, frankly, I like that because he definitely has flash there in his career. But it wasn't working, and I was like, okay, maybe at least try to get him involved more underneath and just, like, that's guaranteed. Like, he's going to get you some good yards because he's good after the catch. Um, finally doing that, again, with the DeMario thing, like, I understand – you want to see what Juju can do, but I feel like Juju just stacked together performances where you're like, he doesn't really give you much. Um, so, I mean, they tried. I think if the results, like if they had a couple more wins, I don't think it would have been as much of a big deal. And I also don't think that Juju was like the reason that the offense was that bad. There are plenty of reasons, but I think the fact that he wasn't giving you anything just made it look even worse. 
Um, although, of course, if you put Demario in there and he's making plays, you can't predict how things change, of course. Um, but I, I, I do agree that it took too long. But they're they're here now, and we'll see if it ends if it's too late. You know, they got a lot more games to play. Although I will say, if they can find some way to win in Miami, like you're you got a stretch where you have a lot of winnable games and can start stacking some victories together, build some confidence, start seeing what you do well and poorly as an offense. Maybe guys start getting healthier again. Like the biggest thing for this offense has been Cole Strange and Mike and Winnie not being healthy. I don't think there's anything that's been a bigger factor in their losses than having massive holes not only at both guard spots, but also at tackles. So it's like when you have two above average starters on your offensive line, you're not going to be a good football team. That's just it's it's an impossible position to be in. And I think that those getting those guys back on top of feeding your guys who make plays in space, it just it's a it's a chain reaction that I think is really why you saw this offense yeah. start to find its identity and get some momentum. But again, let's let's add in, you know, the game plan is one, but the other is this is a pretty freaking efficient game uh, from Mac here in terms of like, just don't do the dumb thing in addition to, so there's a couple things that Mac's supposed to be good at. Right. And that's um, processing accuracy mm -hmm. and not making mistakes, but yep. because of either factors that surrounded him or simply maybe, you know, he isn't, as consistently good at those things as you would hope that he would be at this stage in his career, and or maybe a confluence of both those things. Uh, he's He has been inaccurate on throws that you should be able to make. He has seen ghosts maybe because the offensive line has failed him at times. He's, he's made the wrong read and missed certain guys uh, certain times where you would expect him to be able to kind of get through things quicker or get through his progressions. Um, you know, and that's, and he's made horrible decisions and taken some incredibly bad uh, interceptions and turnovers the last few games. So just cutting that out makes a huge difference. He did that and played well, but all of the other stuff kind of came together as well. There weren't a lot of like, ooh, I want that one back moments from him today. Yeah, it's their 2-0 and when he doesn't turn the ball over. So that's a pretty good start. Uh, but, yeah, on top of that, I just – like you said, it, it, it's hard without looking at the tape, especially when there was so much quick game. But, I mean, he didn't make any glaring mistakes. Like you said, there were a couple times right. where he dropped you, his you eyes. you got to dig in a little bit to see, right. Yeah, and then there was like – and even the play where he probably should have gotten intercepted by Teron Johnson, like I don't even really think that's on him. It's just they were using similar concepts over and over. I think it was a situation where Johnson just understood what was probably coming and jumped it. Uh, but, yeah, you didn't see those glaring, like, Mac, what are you doing kind of plays, which even last week, like, they had a good offensive performance, but he has two plays where one should have been a pick six and the other was a horrendous and inexcusable interception. And it sucks because you want to root for Mac because he has games like this where it's like, okay, like, this guy, you can debate whether he's the face of your franchise or whatever, but he's a good quarterback and he can win you games. He can put drives together. He can be that distributor that everybody wants him to be. But the situation has to be right, and he can't be actively under assault while also having receivers fail him, like you saw Devontae Parker on the drop pass last week. Like, he finally gets a good pocket. It's, oh, my God, all right, he delivers a beautiful deep ball, and the guy drops it. But this week you saw his offensive line helped him out, his receivers helped him out. It was just a, it was a balanced performance, which I don't think we've really seen since week one. So, yeah, yeah like, give, give Mac his flowers. I, you know, I'm always hesitant because I like to make sure I can see – you know, the entire picture and understand how he operated within the system. There could also be plays where he did better than I thought he did. 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, no complaints for Max. Seriously, I, I was really impressed by this performance, and I hope he can build on it. And get, okay. Keep getting confidence. We're going to talk about one more thing, and that's something that happened before the game, uh, which is interesting because, like I said, it does change things a little bit in terms of uh, – you know, how we uh, move forward uh, with the Patriots uh, and how they move forward based on, again, what the narrative has been regarding next season. Uh, but we do want to tell you quickly about Factor Meals. It's America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. It's the ready-to-eat part that's important. You're too busy uh, in this, you know, fall to cook, uh, work, kids, whatever, all of the above. Um then adjust your stride without missing a step. Choose from 35-plus weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen. Again, that's the key part. Never-frozen meals. Promote a healthy lifestyle. Meet your meal preferences. Basically, they just send, not like I said, fresh food, non-frozen, prepared to your doorstep. You heat it, and you eat it two minutes later. That's all you have to do. Calorie-conscious options if you want. Less than 550 calories per meal. Do it. Protein-plus. 30 grams of protein, do it. All you have to do, factormeals.com slash, and I'm sorry, slash press pass 50. That's factormeals.com slash press pass 50. Um, do that and you will get 50% off your first order. Once again, uh, factormeals.com slash press pass 50. There's the correct graphic right there. Use the code press pass 50 for 50% off uh, your meal. Uh, also should tell you, uh, well, no, I'm not going to tell you. We're just going to jump ahead to this real quick. Um, one thing that happened before the game was uh, Bill Belichick um, reportedly agreed to a multi-year, a lucrative multi-year contract this offseason, which is extremely interesting, Taylor, for a couple of reasons. One, everyone has – it's almost felt like it's a foregone conclusion. There's going to be an uncomfortable conversation between Kraft and Belichick after this year, seeing the state of the franchise and the direction that they've been headed under his stewardship. Obviously he makes every single decision on the field and off. So everything that's going on, he has his fingerprints on. So mm -hmm. it's not going well. And if this team went to one and seven and started selling off parts and had a four win, five win season, that would be bad. Uh, it's something we haven't seen in a really long time here. Um, so you find out before the game, no, he signed a long deal. Is this, how do you read this situation? Because I have a couple of takes on it, but I'm curious your perspective. Yeah. So I know I saw that Tom Curran said, oh, it's not multi-year really. It's through 2024. And then Albert Breer was like, no, if it was through 2024, they would have announced it differently. So it's probably longer than that. I'm not going to lie, especially heading into this game. I when I saw the news, my stomach kind of dropped because I've been in the camp of like, at the very least, Bill, the GM, has to take a step back. Like for whatever reason, and not just Bill, the GM, but also like Matt Grow and the scouting department. Fresh eyes. Fresh eyes. Fresh eyes. Like that was why I was like, okay, I don't really love this. As a coach, I think you could question his decision making at times. Um, for sure. I think some of the game plan stuff you could probably nitpick at, but at the same time, I don't really think there's many coaches that are better than Bill Belichick. I just think that his personnel moves kind of put him in some really bad spots a lot of the time, but also injuries play a factor in that. Um, as a coach, I don't, as, yeah, so I don't mind him sticking around as a coach. I think that's fine. As long as there's still buy-in and going into this game, 
I was worried about that part where it's like, okay, how are they going to fight for him against a team that most people have them losing to when they're one in five and it feels like their season might be lost. They in the locker room don't feel that way, but on the outside, it's like, all right, I understand that you're fighting for your jobs and everything. And this is your career. But at the same time, things are looking pretty bleak after today's performance. I feel much better. I feel like these guys really did fight. They cared and they rallied around, whether it was bill, whether it was each other, whatever. It worked. If we continue to see that, I will. my confidence in Bill continuing to be the head coach will grow. But either way, the personnel stuff has to change. Like We've already seen it. I don't think this game really disproves any of that because you still don't have a solution at X. You know, you still had to put Mike and Wenu at right tackle when if he gets signed to another team, they're not going to put him at right tackle. He's a guard. Like He's better than what they have, but that is not his natural position. Um, so... I still think they really need a significant change in terms of scouting and personnel and all those things. Also development. Sometimes I feel like on the offensive side of the ball has been questionable. I'm going to take Adrian Clem off the hot seat because I think we gave him a little too much crap considering he's been put in a really tough position with all the injuries. Um, but when it comes to like receivers, sometimes I feel like it's really inconsistent how well they develop in their system. You got Demario Douglas's, but you also have Keyshawn Booties who are active for one game as a villain and then don't really do much for you outside of that. Still early in his career, but it's it's personally something that I'm a little wary of. Uh, but yeah, build a coach. If they continue to perform like this and fight, fine. Build a GM. Please have a level of self-awareness and get some other opinions because their team-building philosophy on the offensive side of the ball has not been great. In the first history. step, right? When you you go, you know, if you if you if you do something or you enter therapy, is you have to want to change. You know, like <laughs> you have to look at it and say like. I need help here, you know. Uh, I, I need some help, um, yeah. and uh, and and it's, you know, it's hopefully that is an understanding. And honestly, this is how I've always thought it was going to go. I thought if and when they ever part ways, it would be Kraft saying, "Bill, love you. I we got to get you some help." And either Bill says, "I will accept it," or I refuse. And then you have to decide: Do you want? the personnel guy and the coach to continue on together? Or do you realize it's, it's got to all go because I can't have half and I can't have the half I want and, and, and replace the half I don't want. So it really comes down and it can always be pitched as dude, come on, man, you're, you're older. And like, don't you want to see it a little, but I don't know. I really don't know how this goes. You don't know where it comes from Bill Belichick's perspective, um, whether he would, ex you know, accept it or not. But I do think it changes the narrative a tad because I don't believe Kraft was just like, sure, whatever, sign it. And then uh, six months, three months later was like, oh, what a mistake. I think he had to have an idea what was what they were entering this season with. I think they were hoping it was going to be better. I don't think it's the biggest shock in the world that it hasn't been great. Um, so much so that it would have been like, what a mistake I made three months ago signing in an extension. I think if anything, this gives Bill the rope to not necessarily have to win this year to save his job. Like, I think now it can be like, look, if we lose, I can live with it because we're trying to build something that's good two, three years from now. So let's not sweat it. Maybe I've overreacted with the whole, I really want to make the playoff stuff. Like does Bill Belichick's job really hinge on the Patriots making the playoffs this year and then getting bounced and lose by 35 points in the first round. Like, does that make them better? No, you want to have a better team, a better program and more hope going forward. Anything short of that. Uh, I just, 
what's the point really? Like just, well, we made the playoffs this year. It was a good year. Like that's not what counts around here. I think that that's ridiculous to think that that's what Kraft wants more than anything is I want to make the playoffs again. No, he wants to build this back into another friggin' dynasty and stomp people for 20 more years. And I think that that means a lot more to him than that. It's just whether or not he thinks Bill's the guy to do it. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, if they were, if they got blown out the way that we'd seen against the Cowboys and the Saints, if that happened one or two more times this season, I just don't know how you could have justified not finding someone else. Because at that point, it's like, all right, well, where is this rebuild going if you're getting completely stomped on by some teams? Like, the roster isn't that bad where they should have gotten or they should have lost as badly as they did. To be fair, like, they had injuries. I understand all that. Um, but I, I, personally was under the impression that if this keeps going poorly, then yeah, maybe Bill is out. Um, and then I saw somebody say that like blaming Bill for personnel decisions when they have an entire front office is pretty wild. Bill has final say. So frankly, I think it is kind of bad that they have an entire personnel department. And I think there's times where all the work that those scouts and all those people who are on the road and work tirelessly and spend all this time away from their families, I think it kind of sucks when they put in all that work and they have their own opinions. And then Bill comes in at the end and is like, ah, I don't really care. I like this guy better. And the guy doesn't work out. And it's like, well, what the hell have I been doing for an entire year of my life? So I just want to put that out there that, you know, it's not just – build the GM in his posse. It's no, it's pretty much build a GM. Make That's why there's people in the chat. Like what about the other guys? I mean, it's very, there's, I mean, there's some strong reporting from behind the scenes about situations like Nikhil Harry, for example, that everybody had a different guy on their board. And it wasn't him. He's like, nah, I like this guy, you know? So like Bill gets dug in, Bill has his guys, Bill has his people, but it is frustrating. And that's why you've had a little bit of personnel turnover because it's like, well, man, I'm telling you this and I, this is my job and this is what you hired me to do. And you're just, you're, you're like, well, my good buddy coach told me that he's good at this and not, that's good enough for me, you know? And so scouts have a hard job as it is, man. I, I didn't get into scouting. Cause I was like, I would, I'll lose my mind. I, it's a very hard lifestyle. So I'm sorry. Like, I just got to throw that in there. Like they work so hard and to like have all that and then you're in the room and Bill's like oh but man I would be like dude screw you if I were a scout in professional in the Patriots building I'm not saying that I am just saying how I would feel emotionally <laughs> no it's it's really it's it's it, it is a tough job because you lay it on the line and you got to be right and you still want them to take your guy but then when you put all the work forward and they're like okay cool thanks I'm going with this one and you're like Man, I've been away from my family for how long? You know, like checking this stuff oh. out, and, and you're just gonna do your thing, huh? So, <laughs> no, I, I definitely get it. Um, we are gonna wrap it up, uh, but uh, just uh, just kick off of that other game. We'll let you guys go watch the Dolphins, who the Patriots play next week. Uh, there'll be more from Taylor and everybody on our network coming up uh, uh, on uh, on our YouTube channel, on our website. So please check that out, CLNSmedia.com for Taylor's. Uh, right up, which should be up there now. Is it up there now? Yep, I'm, not yet. I got one more section. To, one more down. section, and then it's up there. So you guys have something to look forward to. I'll, I'll be talking about the defense. They need to learn how to tackle again because I don't know what the hell happened today, but she's Louise. Yeah, yeah, that, that was some stuff. Before the uh, Dolphins and, and the offense, which obviously turned things around, I'm sure will be a great fo focus as well as we kind of keep breaking down. Uh, a 29-25 shocker. Upset victory. Uh, Patriots beat the Bills, moved to two and five. Is that right? Two and five. Two and um, five, baby. With uh, Miami on the horizon next week, Taylor will be headed to Miami to check out that game so you can uh, stick with all of our coverage down there. Uh, you know, Taylor needs a break, so that's good. We need to get you out of here a little bit. 
Me and my partner uh, in crime, Ahmed. We're going to South Beach, baby. Ahmed, going to South Beach. I, I worry for you. I worry for both of you. <laughs> but anyway, um, again, thank you guys for watching. A lot more stuff to come, so make sure you check it out. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.